Coming up on this week's episode, we discuss Chelsea, Tottenham, Manchester United and Nottingham Forest. Liam's on quiz duty this week. There's more Wonders of White and a Who Am I? So let's get started. Hello and welcome to the new series of View from the Sideline podcast. It's Chris here and Liam is here as always. Hello, Liam. Good evening, Chris. How are you doing? I am very good. Still slightly angry. Yeah. Uh, but we'll go into that in a minute. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we, we don't swear on the podcast, so I won't swear. Um, but if I did, there'd be a lot of um, beeps going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Um, yeah, so obviously we're back with a new series, and um, we did a special a couple of weeks ago on transfers. There's been a few more since then. Um, but yeah, um, anything else, Liam? No, I, do, I mean, we're obviously going to talk about them a little bit later, but. Um... Nottingham Forest have just been busy, haven't they? They're just they're buying everyone. I think they're going to come for me in a minute. But um, they're, they're doing a Villa or doing a Fulham or, or whatever people call it when you come up from the Championship. And fair play to them. They're giving it a good off go. Yeah. So um, well, well, we'll get into this week's talking points. Um, we're going to look at Chelsea, Tottenham. Uh, Man United, and we are going to look at Nottingham Forest a, bit, a little bit later on. So we'll start um, at Stamford Bridge. Um, yes. I'm going to let you have a rant, Chris. Thank you. Uh, Angry. It will get out of the system. <laughs> Angry mode initiated. Um, look, I, I don't think um, that we that Chelsea took their, their chances that they did have. There was probably at least two or three other chances that they had. Havertz had one uh, from Reese James Cross and um, I know it was coming at quite a pace, but you'd expect Havertz to, to, to put that in. Um, and that will go on to another point I've got in a minute after I've um, had a rant about Anthony Taylor um, and his incompetence to referee a game. And it seems to be every Chelsea game that he he does, there seems to be controversies within it. So um, now... Not everyone is going to agree on the build-ups to, to the goals. Um, I thought initially, and I still think that the, the Havertz was fouled before the first goal. Um, I don't know if you would agree. Yes. Um, looking at the first goal, I think definite foul. I don't know how long you can wait That's, to bring the play yeah. back. But as far as, as far as I know, there's no time limit. Yeah. I understand that. Um, I don't think necessarily Richarlison is offside. Well, he is offside, but I don't think he's in the way. But I do 100% think it's a definite foul. Yeah. So, obviously, you know, they've said they've they've never actually given an official time of how long they can go back to um, something. But in 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 my eyes, it's it's the build-up to their goal. So they've won the ball from a foul, and from that they've gone on to score. Now, something very similar happened to Chelsea two or three seasons ago. 
um, where um, it was Chelsea who actually scored the goal, but they went back, and I think it was about 40 seconds. Now, um, the time in between the foul and the Tottenham goal, I think, is around about the same. So, you know... <sighs> I think don't the rules state that, you know, if there's a break in play, like if the ball goes out, that's where you go back. Yeah, to. yeah. From the goal being scored, they essentially have that entire play yeah. to go back to, I don't know, from when like the last throw-in or something was. Yeah, so, so within the laws for VAR to look at it and go back, which I believe they did look at it, but so they did, yeah, they said that. Yeah, so um, and it, Jorginho shouldn't have been messing about in the box in the first place. I don't know what he was trying to do, no. um, but he was <laughs> he was removed very quickly. Uh, after that happened, and he came off. And then, you know, Chelsea got back into the game. Um, 100% I thought Chelsea deserved to win the game. And then it happens again. I mean, um, it, the rules around this are a bit shady, but the corner comes in, and at first I didn't see it but when the replays are shown. Um, I think it was Romero, I think was pulling back on Cucurella's hair, um, which to me is a foul. And the referee is is literally in line with what's happened. And I believe it was looked at again by VAR. And assume I'm assuming that because it, they didn't say it was violent conduct or enough for a red card, that that's why they played on. I don't it, know. It, it looks that way. So I, I, I didn't watch the game live. But I saw it all kicking off on Twitter about um, hair being pulled yeah. before the equalizer in the last minute, and I thought, oh, it's one of those. I don't know if you remember back in the World Cup, you know, Peter Crouch jumps in 2006 and sort of like pulls on the hair of the defender when he jumps a bit to get a bit of extra yeah. to put the ball away. I thought it was going to be one of that. I didn't expect to see a man literally pulled to the ground <laughs> by his hair. Yeah. I, if if that's not a red card, I don't really know what is, to be honest. It's no different to... I don't, well, they always say, you know, you can't raise your hands to the face. Well, surely the the head counts as one thing. I mean, where do you draw the line? Does it stop at the ears? I, I don't know. I mean, you're, you're raising your hands to someone, yeah. essentially, and then, yeah, pulling their hair up and, and pulling them literally onto the ground. So... I don't know why they looked at it and didn't think it was worthy of a card. I understand that the decision is a red card or not a red card. They can't, you know, once the goal is in scored from the next year, they they can't go back and say it, it was a foul, so we have to stop. It has to be for a red card incident. They, VAR's not there to officiate the game, which we've said all along is a good thing. We don't want it to make every decision. But it's there for clear and obvious, and that to me is is it is very clear and obvious. Yeah, I don't. Yep. I mean, I only I only watch the highlights, and it, it sometimes doesn't give the whole story for a game. Obviously, Chelsea had their chances, and I think in one way you you kind of got yourselves to blame a little bit for the chances that you take, but yeah. and for like you say, Jorginho messing around on the box, but. You want those decisions to go in your favour, and they didn't, and it has it's cost you a yeah. point. But and I, mean, I think genuinely think if you had a proper striker, you'd have probably won yesterday. 
Yeah, well, that was what I was I was going to come on to is the fact that um, I think they are they are looking at strikers. I know that Abamyang is is one that they're looking at, and um, today I saw that Anthony Gordon was was another one. Um, I quite like Anthony Gordon, but I think fifty million is quite a lot for him. Um, Didn't have the best game against Villa. I will be honest. No, yeah, I, he. What I do like, he's very determined. I think he always he always looks like he's given a hundred percent. So I do like that. But again, I don't. I think he's definitely nice to have, but I don't think he solves the situation. Whereas Aubameyang is a proven goal scorer in the Premier League. I mean, he's thirty three, but I think anything right now will will, will do just to yeah. <clears throat> see us through. I mean. I wasn't entirely happy that they were sort of linked with Ronaldo, but I'm thinking now, more than ever, I think Ronaldo's probably 100% wanting to get out after what happened at the weekend. It's a short-term solution that you guys need. You just yeah. season it and then to invest heavily next summer. Yeah. Um, I, because someone who puts a ball in the back of the net. We've still got Lukaku. Lukaku was still a Chelsea player. I mean, I I don't I don't see any hope in him coming out, ever coming actually back to Chelsea. Um, but again, that there is him as an option. I I saw he scored after two minutes for Inter Milan at the weekend. Yeah, uh, I saw Werner scored as well um, for Leipzig. And weirdly, Werner was at Chelsea yesterday. I don't know if you've seen on Twitter. No, I missed he that. Was, yeah, he was in the he was he was in the crowd. So I don't know whether he was, was coming to say goodbye to the players. I I'm not sure. I was, I was very surprised that you sold him. I thought with Lukaku going, this was going to be his year. Mm, I think they've done it. I think they've probably done it more for him than for the club. Um, yeah. Because one, um, he is a regular starter for, for Germany, and I don't think he would have got the game time that he needs. Especially with Sterling coming in, because obviously he was used mainly down the left-hand side um, and the two goals. So, um, yeah. So, and, and obviously after the game, what happened happened between the two managers. I, I'm sure they won't yeah, sleep over it. Well, I just wanted to point out that he sent off Tuchel and Conte after the full-time whistle for an aggressive handshake, but pulling a hair. Of a yeah. player to the ground. A handshake, a handshake. The the thing is, they. That I'm not sure if you realise, but they had already both been booked. Oh uh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. So That's they got booked. Better. Yeah. So after the Tottenham goal, I think Conte stepped over into the sort of Chelsea dugout, and I think he got a bit heated. Then they both got booked, but I'm not sure if they got. They might have got straight red cards. I, I don't know. Um, but the hand, the hand shaped. I didn't think they were ever going to let go. No, it was bizarre, wasn't it? I've never uh, seen like that before. Yeah, I guess it's just passion at the end of the day. I mean, uh, I, I've you know Conte's managed Chelsea recently, and I know he he can be quite a fiery character. Um, and I think they've both come out and said now that you know it's, it was nothing more than just passion, you know, in the game. So. Did he leave Chelsea a bit annoyed, or or was it sort of? No, I think it was mutual. Yeah, I think it was mutual. 
Yeah. Because uh, he obviously he won the league in the fir- in his first full season at Chelsea. He was the man that made Chelsea play that sort of five at the back with the two wing backs. Uh, that mm. was his. That was sort of his creation. And I remember when he first introduced that. I think we went sixteen games without like a 16-game win run, I think, that season that we won the league. So, yeah, he's a good manager, don't get me wrong. Um, and I think he's a, he's a good fit for Tottenham as well. They 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 still need... I, I don't think that they were that great yesterday. I think they really struggled. Um, but they still got a, a draw out of it. You know? They still need a... I think... I think uh... They're missing something in the middle, I think. Mm. They need a big player in centre midfield. I like Benton Kerr. I think he's done all right. But they need... I mean, they just can't keep playing. I know Hoybier had scored, and it was a decent finish, but he just I don't think he just offers enough... I, I, again, I'd look at comparing him... Comparing Spurs, sorry, with other teams around. And you look at the centre midfielders they've got. Poibio doesn't get in anyone else's side, and that's what I kind of base it on. I think they need yeah. a, a proper world-class centre midfielder. Yeah. So we'll um, we'll move on to uh, Manchester United now, and um, I suppose quite a you know quite a surprise, really. You know, I don't you know I, Brentford were always going to give them a good game and. Obviously, the Man United that we we know and love from last season seem to uh, moved across to this season as well. Yeah, um, better than ever. Yeah, and bottom of the league. <laughs> so um, obviously, Ten Hag he's had, I think they're saying like six, seven weeks with this squad now, and to me, it looks like they've taken a step back rather than a step forward, and. I'm not seeing this rebuild that um, they said that was going to happen. I don't know about you, but I think the whole Ronaldo drama has probably not helped at all um, with him saying that he wants to leave. So I guess the manager was a bit, you know, he didn't really know what to do. Um, I thought Martial had a good pre-season, but he doesn't seem to be anywhere near, you know, the team at the moment. And all round on Saturday night, they were they were shocking. They were awful for that first half. That was probably the worst I've ever seen them play since I've you know started watching football. Yeah. Um, the just... thing is, we know that the system obviously he's he's built it up from his days at Ajax and probably before that as well. Yeah. Obviously, we know that it can be effective, and we said this in the transfer special. If the players buy into it. And really get behind the manager and, and you know back what he's trying to do, then they could be on for a good season. It's all about good football, like attractive football to watch, playing out from the back, high pressing. But they've got so many players that just don't play that way. It's such mm. a culture shock to how they were playing. You know, it was sort of you know, sit back, be organised, or at least try and be organised. Hit the, hit the front quite quickly. You know, they've got fast forward. Sancho, Ronaldo still obviously quick and, and players like that. And it was always going to take some time to get to get used to the new system. Looking at pre-season, you can never judge anything on pre-season. 
I understand that. But they they looked okay. They looked like they were buying into it. Mm. They looked like it, they were trying their best to to suit the new way of working. But game one of the season, they go down to Brighton. You know, lose easily, and all of a sudden it's crisis again, and the the, the whole confidence of the squad has just gone again. Obviously, it doesn't help with Ronaldo saying he wants to leave because that's going to be a big player in the dressing room that, that then has an effect on other players. But the the players, I'm sorry, they're just not suited to that way of playing yet, and they're, they're no. going to make in sort of six to well six to eight months, I reckon. Do they stick with it? Stick with Ten Hag and say, well, we're going to give him another couple of transfer windows to bring in players. I don't think they can afford to do that. They've spent so much money, and it's just an absolute disaster every time they make big signings. They just don't work out at the minute. Or they say, Ten Hag's got to go, and then you're starting again from scratch. But the whole recruitment of the team, the whole recruitment side is just wrong from the get-go. Ten Hag's a great manager. Like, we've seen what he can do with that Ajax side. But he was never going to suit United's way. Mm. They, they were, he's never going to get the time that he needs in order to make United play the way that he wants to play. And I think it's a shame, because it would be good to watch if, if he could get them firing. But he's not going to get that. That time's going to go. I just... I just when you When you look at their squad, I just think they've got too many players that play the same role. Yeah, when you, when you look at Fernandez and Eriksson, they're pretty much the same player, and yeah. I, I I don't think that you can play them together, which he's tried and it's failed. Martinez was always a risk uh, because he'd never really played at a high level before, and I mean he, he managed forty six minutes on um, Saturday before he was bought off for Varane. Mm. Um, so yeah, I <laughs> I don't know why. Why did they buy Ericsson? Because they've got so many options in that. Mm-hmm. I know he was free, but when you're looking to to strengthen a squad that is clearly struggling, you don't go to your strongest area and say we'll get another player in that role. You know they they keep on saying that they lack leadership and and all this kind of talk. <laughs> I know that boy has got probably a slightly bit of unfair criticism. I know he's not been on form, but a lot of it is quite personal, and I don't really think it's warranted. But they they need. I know he brought Martinez in. Like you say, it's a bit of a gamble coming from the Dutch league to the Premier Division. It's very very different style of football. He's brought Malasia and hardly really played him, which is a bit of a strange one. I just I don't understand why they didn't. You know, centre midfield is a key area for them. If they're going to play this game, they need an energetic midfield. McTominay's not energetic. I'm not, nothing against McTominay, but he's not quick. He's not going to close people down quickly. They've got forwards that don't really want to press. Obviously, Ronaldo had a big fallout because he, he doesn't want to play that style. It's just, I don't know, it's a shambles. Back to front is an absolute shambles. Yeah. Maguire being like a ball playing centre half with with just two centre backs is just scary. In a back three, it kind of works because he's always got someone around him. But in no, in a back two, he just he leaves it so exposed sometimes. And the thing the thing that's different, I think, at the moment is that you've got players 
not wanting to join them, which, yeah. you know, it would be unheard of sort of yeah. three, four seasons ago. Um, obviously, De Jong is the main one. I mean, they've been trying to sign this guy for about two months, but I've seen today they've actually officially withdrawn the offer to Barcelona. Uh, I don't know why they just didn't withdraw it when he said that he didn't, he didn't want to go there. So, I, I mean... You look at the second the second goal, I think, sums United up at the moment, because De Gea is going to take the blame for it, right? De Gea is going to take the blame for a bad pass. But when he picks up the ball, there was a replay of that hole behind the, behind the actual goal. No one wanted the ball. No. So if, they, if he's being encouraged to play it short, to play out from the back, but nobody wants the ball, no one is free, it's, there's just no desire there's no one that wants to get into that bit of space to help each other out. It's just, it's not there. I don't know how they're going to change it. They're, they're going to be in trouble now for a long, long time. They've got Liverpool as well next week, next Monday. Yeah. yeah. I just, the, the thing is as well, it's, it's like you had, um, obviously Ralph ran it there last season. Um, obviously after Solskjaer got, um, sacked. But, from from what I've seen and what I've heard, he 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 gave a list of players that I think he basically said were no good, and a list of players that he felt that they should be signing, and and nothing's really happened. No. You know, because he was I'm aware that he was supposed to stay on, wasn't he? It may not, but he's actually he's left now because I think he's he, isn't he like managing the Austrian is, yeah. national team, so. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't look like that anything that he was working with has, has kind of gone across to, to Ten Hag on, on, on what they need to do because, you know, they do need to rebuild that squad. The squad is not good enough to be competing in the Premier League and they're going to have to spend upwards of probably 400, 500 million, I think, to get it right and to get it in, a, a, you know, in a place where they can actually start to compete. But they need to um, spend it in the right areas because obviously yeah, yeah. thrown money at players quite a lot recently. They need proper recruitment and like a direction to actually go in because I don't think they've got one. They're just going, well, that style didn't work. Six months later, we'll change it to another style. We'll we'll pay off a manager for millions, get another one in, and then it it won't work. We won't give them time, and then it just it's an it's an endless cycle. Well, I think I think we've bad them enough now. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll move on to a... Where do you think they'll finish this year, based on the... <laughs> Where do I think they'll finish? Do you think they'll get into the top half? I think they'll be top ten. I, I, I you know, I, I think that they will... I think they'll have stages of the season where they actually, you know, do all right. Um, I, 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 I think anywhere probably between maybe eighth and twelfth, I'll say. I mean, if they finish bottom half, that's a horrendous yeah. season for them. I mean, I think they'll, I do think they'll turn it around, but I just, yeah, I think they need a bit of a rocket. They just, they need that scrappy one nil win, and then they'll go on a run of five games unbeaten. They'll probably end up beating Liverpool next week now. Yeah, I mean, it goes. I think, yeah, because Liverpool playing, oh, they've just it's one one. Oh dear, Darwin Nunes got sent off as well. Oh no. Oh dear. That's alright for me, it's not in my well, place. They, they just scored, they made it 1-1 after he'd been sent off, so... 
Yeah, never mind. So we'll move on to a team that has been um, spending and just buying every. They they are like a walking um, BBC transfer gossip page at the moment. Nottingham Forest. Uh, anyone they're linked to, they just seem to buy. I mean, I it's a walking squad, isn't it? It's like fifteen plus players that they've signed. Yeah. Plus the two or three that they're still trying to get. It, it's it's crazy. It I mean, is. not even Fulham signed that many. I mean, I mean, they've spent around the same amount that Fulham did a couple of seasons ago. Um, but that is a lot of players to introduce to what I assume is already quite a big squad. I mean, you know, they did they did really yeah. well against West Ham, and you know, I think I think <coughs> the match was actually Dean Henderson, and to be fair, I I think he's going to be key for them this season. Um, I just think he'll have a lot to say. Obviously, he's yeah. got a lot to prove as well. Obviously, you know, after his move away from Man United, only on loan. But I think he'll be their their key. I know they've spent millions on other players, you know, on outfield. But at the end of the day, I think it's going to be a long season for them, and they're going to need they're going to need their keeper at, at, at his best. And from yeah. what I saw yesterday, you know, he, yeah. was, he was really good. He was very good. Yeah, he played really well. I think he's a, probably one of the best signings um, of the summer, just because I think, obviously, not, not in a forest, newly promoted team, to get an international keeper of that experience on loan from United, I just think that's a really good bit of business. And I know that they've bought a lot of players and I know that they have spent a lot of money, but you've got to look at, like, I know Lingard's on a lot of wages, but again, loads of Premier League experience there. So he's, I think he's going to do all right to them. I, I, I genuinely think he's he's probably going to, I, I'm not going to say get on form to go back into the England team for, for the World Cup or anything, but I think he's going to have a good year there. It's a win-win for him, really, because, you know, if he... Yeah. If he has a bad year and Forrest go down, then he's going to be sold and probably come back. But if he can have a good year and Forrest stay up, he's going to get a lot of plaudits for doing that. You know, they've, they've got Nico Williams coming from Liverpool. Obviously, he's got a bit of a point to prove. He's been sat sort of behind Liverpool's starting eleven for God knows how many years now. So I think he'll be a good sign sign in. They spent a lot of yeah. I mean, they've. they've I think they've had to do what Villa did. I don't know how many people they let go in the summer, but I'm sure there was probably a few, as, as most championship teams do. You know, everybody criticised Villa when we bought in, I think, 12 or 13 players. But you can't. You you have to invest when you go up. Because if you lose the amount that we did on free transfers, you've got to, like you say, have a big squad in order to do that. But I think the people that they've recruited, they've recruited well. They've recruited people to fit a system, to fit a yeah. Play. You know, they don't want to give up the identity that got them promoted. And I think that's worked well, you know, worked well for Bournemouth for a number of years. They, they kept trying to play attacking football, kept trying to play the same way. Obviously, it did well for them, did well for Sheffield United and keeping them up for the year. Um, and I can really see Nottingham Forest having a similar year this year to what Sheffield United did, maybe sneaking into the top half, something like that. But I thought they played really well against West Ham. I know they obviously relied on Henderson to save the penalty, but I, I thought they they more than matched a really good side who are going to be, you know, challenging for Europe again. And, uh, 
you know, the atmosphere that they've got at the city ground, I think is, it's been missing from the Premier League for a number of years, to be honest. It's a really nice place to go and watch football. And when the fans get behind Forest, they make a lot of noise for, I think there's only about 30, just over 30,000 in the stadium, but it feels oh, right, like yeah. a lot more. It feels like they, you know, they are back where they belong. And I think you really saw that from the stands as well at the weekend. So if the fans get behind them, I can see them having a really strong home record this season. And, they, uh, um, and I, I surprise a few people. Yeah, they signed um, one of, well, he was, he's been quoted as one of the best central defensive midfielders from the Bundesliga, um, Oriel Mangala, I think he was called. Yeah. I know him from FM. Football yeah. Match, so, um, and I, I also see that one of the players they're after now is um, uh, Awa from um, one of the French teams. Now he's, he was heavily linked with Newcastle last season, so if they can yeah. get him on board, I mean, I don't know where they're going to put him because obviously he's been linked with Arsenal, he's been linked with all sorts of top Premier League sides, so that would be a massive, massive signing. I think if they could get him in. I just hope they haven't signed too many. Yeah, it's, it is always a risk, isn't it? But I, I think as foot, you know, footballs got to the point now where you're so interchangeable players move managers move and I think it's less important now now than it was say 10 years ago because now yeah. I think you've got to get used you know there's no there's no one club player in this day and age is no, there? No. that's sort of gone really hasn't it so you've, you've got to be expected to get used to a new team quite quickly obviously the more people you have the more difficult it is but I think players are prepared for it now. And if you recruit well and you recruit players that fit the system, that don't have to change the way they play, and it looks like they've done that. So, fair play to them. Yeah. I, I, think, I think they'll stay out. I did tip them to go down, but after seeing who they've signed in that, the first two games, I think you know they'll, they'll give it a good shot. But that um, is it for part one um, we'll be back in part two with some wonders of white who am I and hopefully an easy quiz from Liam I'll be back in part two hello and welcome back to part two of the new series of you from Sion podcast and we've got some Wonders of White up first. Um, so are you ready, Liam? I'm ready as ever, yeah. So today is the official 30th birthday of the Premier League. Happy birthday, Premier League. So, oh, yeah. That's, that's birthday cake at the ready. Anthony Taylor is not invited to <laughs> the um, celebrations. Um <laughs> Uh, it's the first time since 1929 where Manchester City and Manchester United have been top and bottom of the top flight division. Oh, so I, I keep mentioning that they're bottom. Yeah. It's, not, it's, not, it's not intentional. Um, Haaland had eight touches all game against Bournemouth on Saturday. Yeah, he didn't really do me very well. <clears throat> I remember I remember a certain Lukaku getting nine touches in the game and getting slated a lot more. Yeah. Um, and Sunday uh, was the first time that Lampard and Gerrard have managed against each other. 
Yeah, I suppose. It's Saturday. Saturday. Sunday or Saturday? Saturday. Saturday. Saturday lunch. Yeah. Yeah, Only so one winner there, wasn't there? Only one winner. Uh, can't tell you who won. Lampard, did Lampard score? Gerard score? <laughs> <laughs> Never in doubt, mate. I definitely wasn't nervous for the last two minutes when we were, you know, basically defending our own goal line. But anyway. See, you've lost one of your, your defenders, haven't you, for six months? Yeah, lovely. 20, £26 million sign-in. And, yeah, he's ruptured his Achilles in game two. That's Ouch. Good. Yeah. He's going to be out for the rest of the season, I reckon. Uh, okay, right. You're up. Spotlight on. Right. Quiz. First quiz of the new series. Right. As it's, it, it, that is, we hadn't even planned that, and that was genius because this this quiz is all about firsts this week. Ah. <laughs> so I don't know. There's a few difficult ones, but there's a couple of multiple choice, and I reckon if you get those right, you'll get a decent score. So it's, it's, it's going to be a bit of luck involved. But I think they start off easy and maybe get a bit harder. So I'll start you off with an easy one. Go Question on, number one, who scored the first goal in the Premier League? Oh, that's a good question. Um, his name is on the end of my tongue. He played for Sheffield United because I've seen where we've done so many quizzes, right? I get flashbacks of when I was doing <laughs> the quiz. Um, it's coming back to uh, Brian Dean. Correct. Yeah. Brian Dean, indeed. Sheffield United against Man United. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Correct. One out of one. And he used to play for Chelsea as well, didn't he? I think. A long time ago. Long, long time ago. Um, Question number two. So we've already scored the first goal, but who scored the first hat trick in the Premier League? Oh my word! Yeah, it was a little bit more difficult. I will give you a clue because it is quite difficult. He played for one of the three clubs that we've spoken about. Wow! It probably wouldn't have been Chelsea or Forest. <clears throat> oh my word! I'm going to say Brian Dean. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, not. It is not Brian Dean. It's Eric Cantona. Ah, of course. Um, but he didn't score it for Man United. He scored it for Leeds, apparently. Oh well. Every question that I don't know the answer is going to be Brian Dean. Excellent. Um, so, can't wait for Brian Dean to be the answer to this one. Question number three. Who is the first player bought for over £10 million in 1996? 1996. This is in the Premier League, by the way. I don't know if this is in the world. I'm... Okay. Yeah, so, it is a Premier League player. I mean... I mean... Ninety-six, did you say? Yes, I did. Uh, I will say I have no idea. I'll say Robbie Fowler. You're in the right area, Alan Shearer. So another striker. But as Alan Shearer's moved from Blackburn to Newcastle, fifteen million quid. I was going to say smashed the record. Oh. Um, not a good start so far. No. 
Um, question number four. Yes. Can you name any of the teams relegated in the first year of the Premier League? <clears throat> How many do you want? Uh, just one or? There's three options. I mean, if you want to go for all three, by all means, but just one name's enough. Uh, it's, I think it's one of them was not in Forest. I think I can't remember. Um, uh, I can feel the cold firing now. No, it wouldn't be in Forest. I want to say it's like some peculiar, like Swindon or Oldham or. Um, oh, I know the answer's not Brian Dean. It's not, definitely not. <laughs> um, oh, I will say <sighs> Sheffield United. No, the answer's not Brian Dean. <laughs> not Brian Dean. No, it's not. Um, it... Go on. I'll give you another guess. I don't know. Um, I honestly don't know. Um, no. Okay. Well, you actually said one of them. Did I? You did. The first one you said. Nottingham Forest. Oh, it was Forest, was it? Yeah, Nottingham Forest, Middlesbrough and Crystal Palace. They both sort of bounced around, didn't they, around then? And they were relegated, yeah, from the first ever Premier League. Damn. So Man. close, so close. One out of four so far, but you've got a Chelsea question now. Oh, so lovely. 100% definitely going to get this. So Chelsea, right. as I'm sure you're aware, were the first team to sack their manager in the Premier League. But who was the manager that they sacked? The stunned silence. The stunned silence, because I'm trying to go back pre-Abramovich. This is a long time (laughs) pre-Abramovich. Oh my word. So, this is probably going to be either one of two, but I can't for the life of me know when or where. So, I'm going back to 19. I am going to say I don't know Who are the two you've got? Let's say Glenn Hoddle Or Before that there was Oh, this is heartbreaking. 
just how old were you in the 92-93 season? Because I was... Five. Okay, so a little bit older than me. So, yeah, I would have been, yeah, two. Two years old in November 92. I'll just just say, Glenn, it's not Glenn Hoddle. It's it's not Glenn Hoddle, no. Uh, The manager before it was, I think he was called David Webb, but... He took over from the guy that you you're wanting yes, me to say. <laughs> you're right. It's Ian Porterfield. Yeah. Never heard of him before today. But no, I think David Webb is probably the the very first because I I only remember that because of Hoddle. Yeah, I I just because I know there might be some people that say, "Hang on a minute," no, he wasn't because Spurs sat their manager, but before the Premier League season started. Uh, so technically, Premier League have been created, but there haven't been any games played. And Spurs sat their manager so with Ray Clements. But yeah, first manager sacked in the Premier League once it started was Ian Porterfield. What a lovely little memento to have. Um, so Chelsea question didn't get you any points. So I know how much you like the Australian League. A league. So. What first happened on April the 8th, 2017, during a game between Sydney FC and Wellington Phoenix? Hang on. What? When When was it, sorry? April the 8th, 2017. Sydney versus Wellington, a first. Oh, my yeah. God, Liam, what are you doing to me? Well, I can give you a clue for this one, because it's probably a little bit hard to guess just you know, off that question alone. So if you need a clue, I'll I'll think of it. Um, well, yeah, I'm going to need a clue. <laughs> okay. We've moaned about it in the Chelsea Spurs case this very podcast. We've moaned... Uh, um... And we pretty much moaned about it every week. I think, since we've done this. Well, it's going to be the VAR then, isn't it? It is. It was the first to use VAR to make a decision. Um, And I think it was a handball for a penalty. Um, But yeah, first professional game to use VAR, 2017. Doesn't seem that long ago, and it still seems like VAR's been around too long. Um, Bit of multiple choice now. So I'll give you that one. So we've got got two out of six so far. Multiple choice. (laughs) So, you're going to hate me for the first word. Placido Garlindo. Sorry. <laughs> Placido Garlindo represented Peru in the 1930 World Cup, but what was he the first player to do at a World Cup? Is it A, score? Is it B, score an own goal? Or is it C, get sent off? What was his name? Placido Garlindo. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I remember him. Well, <laughs> so what did he do in the yeah, World Cup? He was what the was first the... player to either score a goal, score an own goal, or get sent off. Oh, wow. Well, this is... <laughs> I will say... I have no idea. I'll just guess. He got sent off. I don't know. This is a guess. 
Correct. He did get oh. sent off. He was the first ever player in a World Cup to be shown a red card. Well done. I wonder what he did. What did he have back to Multiple tricks. <laughs> yeah. uh, three out of seven. Get in there. You can still hit half. Yeah, I need to get half. Okay. So, I think this, this one I think you'll get. On the 14th of February 2004, which club became the first to name an entirely foreign matchday squad? 2004. Yes. So, this isn't really a clue, but it's just to clear it up a little bit. So, a couple of years before, Chelsea had named an entirely foreign starting 11, but had British players on the bench. In 2004, which club became the first to name entirely foreign match day squad? So, the starting 11 and the bench is all made up of foreign players. Um, uh, I would just say because at the time it was probably Arsene Wenger because he probably had loads of French players in his team (laughs) he did correct it's Arsenal well done four out of eight see 50% now it's getting a bit easier Um, this one I don't know See how you get on with this one. There is a bit of a clue in the question. Okay, on the 24th of March 2007, Giampaolo Pazzini became the first player to score a goal at which stadium? Oh, my word. If you feel like having a clue, I can give you what the fixture was. I can give you the name of the teams. You can give me the name of the team? Yeah, I can give you, like, the the match, like, who played who. I... don't think I need a clue. Excellent. Because I have a feeling I've seen this one before. Just give me one of the names of the teams. Don't give me both. Just give me one. Give me the one that's not as obvious. The one that's not as obvious, I suppose, then, would be Italy under 21s. It is. It is. My, my suspicions have been confirmed that it's... The new Wembley. It is the new Wembley. Oh, it's just called yes. Wembley now. I don't know when it dropped new. Yeah. No, I don't some sometime around two thousand and ten, I think, something like that. I don't know. It's it's always gonna be the new Wembley to me, I suppose. I did manage to go to the old Wembley, I loved it. So I've not been to this one yet, so it's still new to me. I've um, been a few I've been I've been a few times to the yeah. new one. You're a Chelsea fan, aren't you? You go every year, don't well, you? I've never seen Chelsea there. You've never seen Chelsea at the new Wembley? What kind oh. of fan are you? I've seen Yeovil there twice. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Why you and yeah. I went and saw one of the Euro games last year. Yeah, that, that mad game that we all loved on telly. Right, last question to get your yeah. pain over with. Uh, so what do you want? So you've got five out of I'm at five now, so I'm happy now. Yeah, so, so the answer is Brian Dean. <laughs> the um, could be. Who knows? Um, on the 22nd of August 1964, 
Liverpool beat Arsenal 3-2. But what was so special about the game? This is multiple choice. A, it was the first game played using floodlights. B, it was the first ever game on match of the day. Or C, it was the first game to use offside. I just want it to be the match of the day one. I don't care if it's right or wrong. It's going no. to be right. It's right now. Even Final it's wrong. Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. First ever game on match of the day. Correct. Oh. Well done. Six out of ten. Not bad in the end. Yeah, yeah. I recovered. You recovered very well. The first game. It was Placido Galindo. It was Placido Galindo that pulled it round for you. So uh, we've got to thank the 1930s World Cup player to get sent off. Because from then, you got more right. Who did you play for? Peru. Oh, he's Peruvian, really? Oh. But yeah, yeah, it was the first game on match of the day. And fun fact for all you fat fans out there, uh, they didn't announce the game was going to be on match of the day until 4pm because they were worried that people would stay at home rather than actually go to the match. Oh. So, which they kind of do now. They don't announce the order until like late in the evening. But... Uh, yeah, just thought that was interesting. They held off until four o'clock. So were people. I mean, if you if you've never seen if you if you didn't see any of the scores and then you saw the match of the day lineup, you can probably pretty much guess if it's a going to be a shock result. Yeah. Or b there's like sixteen goals in one game, and if you're last on, it's either nil nil or one nil or one one. And just additional, because researching for this quiz, I found all sorts of weird and wonderful facts as well. I was trying to find the game that was first televised, like as a, a live game that was first. Oh yeah. Right. And they never used to televise full games, so the first live football match was between Arsenal and Arsenal Reserve, and oh. they only showed 50 minutes of it. And then I think there was another match not long after that can't remember who that was against. And they only showed, I think, like 10 minutes of the first half and then 10 minutes of the second half because it then got too dark. <laughs> that was a, a big restriction in football back in the day. So, uh, yeah, we have um, floodlights to thank for live football matches. Yeah, interesting. Anyway. It's your turn now. Who am I? Yeah. That's it. That is the oh, question. You're correct. So I am going to have to go from start of career to, uh, I can't give you the current club. Okay. So, current so he is a he. He started his career in 2012 and he's, he, it was his boyhood club, I believe. He he never actually played for the first team. It was Desportivo Brazil. That's yeah. I mean, it gives it away. A bit of a giveaway yeah. there of where he's from. He didn't play any games there, and then he moved to Sao Paulo. And then, whilst he was at Sao Paulo, he went on loan to Paulista and Madura before being purchased by Estoril. And whilst Estoril, he actually went and played for Porto B team. Then he moved to Nantes, and then he moved to Sevilla. Good Lord. Is it? I mean, I can give those clues if you need them. Let me Um, have a think for a minute. So, 
he joined, he went to Portugal to play. Was it Estoril, was his main club? Estoril, yeah. And then and then he got loaned he, out. He got lo- He moved there and he got loaned out the same season to Porto. But he he it was their B team that he got loaned out to. And then to Nantes and then Sevilla. And then from Sevilla, he's obviously gone on to another club. Yeah. That I'm not allowed to know. No. So who's played for Sevilla and Nantes? I don't know. Basically, because I've been listening a little bit to the Emiliano Sala podcast. Every time I hear Nantes now, I think of him. <laughs> and it's definitely not him. So I need a clue. Okay, so first clue is... He's played just over 250 games for all of the clubs, and he's only scored 12 goals. So, he's a defender. Are you going to throw me now, and it's going to be Diego Carlos, isn't it? (laughs) Um, And I I just don't know anything about him pre-Sevilla. Because that would make sense. He's Brazilian. I don't know if he's played for Nantes. I don't know if he's played in Portugal, but he's definitely played in Sevilla. Um, 2012. What would that make him? Starting his career at yeah 19, and he's 29 now. That's about right, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. I'll give it a go. Diego Carlos is correct. Yes. That was a shot in the dark. I saw him on the floor when I was looking for a player to do my Who Am I on the BBC website, and I thought he'd be perfect. Yeah, because I know very little about his career. Uh, He's never actually been capped for Brazil, and I don't think he's likely to now, especially with his current situation. Um, But, yeah, he played 102 games. In three seasons for Sevilla, he did score six goals, which is the, his best return, because for Nantes, he played 97 games and scored four goals. And he played about 50 games in Portugal in the sort of three years, two, three years he was there. So. I can kind of tell because he missed a massive chance in like the opening minutes at the <laughs> weekend, and I did think he kind of needs to improve that. Free header in front of goal, and it just hit his shoulder and went miles wide. But, uh, uh, yeah, not, not known for goal scoring. But it's a shame, because he did start off well in the first two games, I think. Yeah. The Liverpool game finished 1-1. All so the time. They, they haven't, uh, so no points for any of my Liverpool players in Fantasy League. So I've got Alexander-Arnold, Robertson and Salah. And they have got me, I'm just checking, a grand total of six points between them. Robertson came off uh, after 63 minutes, according to the... For some reason, they were playing Nat Phillips today over Joe Gomez, so I don't know. Well, we need to put back now, so maybe we've put in a sneaky offer. Gerard's gone to raid his old club. Who knows? They had... They only live for 24 shots, but only four on target. So, yeah, not, 
Not a good day for them. 73% possession. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, you, the league is already Man City's anyway, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. Well, they've, um, they've got to play Man United next Monday night. Um, so, neither team have won a game yet. So, it should be interesting. So, yeah, so that's it for this week. Um, we will be back next week with another episode. And hopefully Anthony Taylor is not refereeing the Chelsea Leeds game next Sunday. Anything else, Liam? Nothing from me, no. Well, we will be back next week.